It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's Mailbag Friday. It's a weekend, so I don't think you're going out, but uh, <laughs> it's a weekend, so at least you're not working, I hope. And and I saw that Ohio schools are canceled for three weeks, which is insane. The, the world is on fire, but the Lockdown Bengals podcast goes on. We're here for you. And we've got a lot of entertainment for the last couple of months, too. If you've missed any episodes, just go back and, and dig through stuff and, and catch up. Uh, but today we've got the mailbag. We're going to start out by talking about what's going on in the sports world and, and the impact that's going to have on the Bengals. And we actually got one really cool question that we'll get to in the mailbag that kind of relates to this. This is a bit, potentially, if they go ahead with the draft as scheduled, Potentially a little bit of an advantage for the Bengals because they got to coach at the Senior Bowl. So And they already know who they're picking, number one. So, I mean, right, that's part of the process still for maybe 30 other teams if mm-hmm. we're counting the skins of knowing who they're taking. Uh, that's not part of the process for the Bengals. So cross that off because they don't have to go meet with someone or test someone or, you know, whatever the other hurdles are left in this last month. Yeah. Uh, so so we'll talk about. I guess we talked about it. Maybe that's it. There's more than that. But yeah, <laughs> we we gotta we gotta give the guy credit who sent or girl. I I didn't see who whoever sent the question in. But we're gonna talk about this. What what's happening in the world first, and and let's get into that and the impact that we expect that to have on the NFL. No March Madness, Joe. The baseball season's been delayed. Spring training has been suspended. All the soccer leagues around the world are getting suspended. It's just a matter of time for the NHL. The NBA has been suspended. Ohio schools closed for three weeks. There is a lot of stuff shutting down. And the same is true in the NFL. They're no longer going to do draft prospect visits with teams. And instead, teams are scrambling to try to put together Skype teleconference-style interviews with players. Pro days are getting canceled. I think we saw probably our last pro days today, and we won't see any for the next few days. And if we do, I think I saw that some schools will be still letting the players work out and recording them and sending times to teams. Yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. There's still some information. you got to think of all the players that bypass the the scouting combine, right, thinking they'd have another opportunity to impress teams. Uh, They're not going to get that. They're going to have to find a way to communicate with them 
via the internet, Skype, as you said. And the teams, the colleges still want to get these times and get them posted and get them sent out. I, you have to think of the impact of the Bengals and the rest of the league. There may be a little bit of an advantage for the Bengals, knowing they're taking Joe Burrow number one. Uh, that, you know, kind of eliminates the decision there. It's going to be weird, though. I mean, from our perspective, those top 30 visits are very indicative of who a team is targeting or at least um, looking at, especially when you get into rounds two, three, four. Those visits, if you still have a couple of those guys left on the board from an analyst perspective and he's still there at round three, your odds of that team taking him seem to get pretty high. I've used those in the past. Um, a lot to try and predict who the Bengals will end up drafting. So not having those those this year should keep us all in the dark. And I feel for the smaller prospects and the small school prospects, um, getting this the teams out there to see them one on one or in person, uh, show what kind of athlete they are, in you know right in front of them and and really feel that guy. You're not going to get that. The underscouted players throughout the year are going to continue to be underscouted here, and I bet this has an impact on the undrafted free agent season as there may be more gems than normal yeah there are probably going to be more non-combine participants who don't get drafted this is something that dame brugler pointed out in a great summary of what's happening with nfl teams for the athletic he's talking about how the coronavirus pandemic has put the scouting process on hold has really changed it up in a lot of ways again he's talking about those top 30 visits the team's doing a lot of teams if, if you have questions about a guy who's not a combine guy who maybe you found because you were the Southwest scout and you were at Louisiana Lafayette that day and, and you saw a guy, now, now you don't get that top 30 visit. Or maybe they do it over Skype. But I, I feel like something is certainly lost, even when it is over Skype. And so he's expecting that there will be less guys who weren't combine invites who get drafted, especially if these pro days get canceled. I don't think that, and I think that all the players that are in the draft will work out privately. They'll get numbers out there in some way, shape, or form. But it's got to be hard for guys that weren't combine invites the way that this that this thing is going. And it's harder to verify those times, right? Yeah. Normally, you have that opportunity to to have your own stopwatch if you're a scout there, and they'll have the official times released at the end. But I think some of these old school scouts and coaches like to lean on their own ability to to record times and see a guy in person. I, I also think that um, for a lot of these colleges, like Alabama today, just suspended their pro day. I wonder if they get an opportunity, whether that's the final few weeks before the draft, if this can blow over within a month, that's looking on the hopeful side. Maybe they can still fit things in right before the draft. Maybe they push the draft back. I think we're real close to hearing if you're planning to go to Vegas to see the Bengals draft Joe Burrow number one. And I think a lot of Bengals fans are. I think we're close to hearing an update on that on how that's going to work. It may just be all digital, which from us watching from TV, it's digital all the time, right? But if you're going down there to actually watch it, um, you may be ready to, to change your plans up just a little bit. Yeah, I, I expect, I think everyone expects at this point that the draft will not be an in-person event. The owners' meetings were canceled today, and there are no fans involved there. There is a congregation of owners and, and press, but those guys are flying private. The journalists aren't, but the teams are flying private, and, and they canceled those meetings anyway. So look forward to updates on the draft in the coming days here, and let's just hope that it stays on time and the teams have the opportunity to Get their due diligence done before the draft gets here. We'll be back here in just a minute to get into your questions. Hopefully some light topics mixed in here. We're, we're going to try to keep it light 
right? That's that's the best we can do in a time. We're entertainers, Joe. I guess so. I guess, and this is the time for the internet entertainers to rise. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be taking some days off work here. I, I I have to use my vacation days up, so I don't get to go anywhere. Uh, but I'm there's a new Path of Exile patch coming out tomorrow, mm. so. People are talking to you about streaming your Pokemon battles. I might stream some Path of Exile, or we can stream some um, draft prospects and watching film. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, not excited at all for that. I'm Path of Exile. <laughs> I, I, it, I I every couple months I take a few weeks and I get into Path of Exile pretty hard. That's cool. I but we that. can we yeah. can. You have some days off coming up too, right? I do. I mean, I've got. A handful, and we've got to see how we might all have a few um, days off coming up yeah. soon. Well, are, are your kids still in school? They are as of now. We don't have any confirmed cases in um, my county yet. So, But we'll New York City. Oh, sure, but that's seven hours away. I'm, I'm as far from New York City as I am Cincinnati, yeah, and Ohio's flooded. There, there's got to be a ton of, of people going to and from New York City and Buffalo. Has to be. Yeah. Right. It's There's no doubt it's on its way. Well, stay safe up there. We'll be back in a minute to get into your questions. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Kicking off the mailbag right away. We had a question before we even asked for questions, and it was a good one. At least one that made me think a little bit, and I wanted Jake's opinion on this. And this is from Graham Hastings at Graham Cracker 495 he says, what would you rather have for Andy Dalton in a trade? Would you rather have one second-round pick or two third-round picks? So we pulled up the draft chart because we are scientific on the Locked On Bengals podcast, and the draft chart is very scientific. And I just naturally decided I would look at the Chicago picks in the second round as a basis for comparison. So Chicago's 43rd overall pick is worth 470 points on the traditional draft chart, which to get to 470 points, that is essentially the same as pick number 70 and pick number 72. Those are both near the top of the third round. They're in the top eight of the third round mm-hmm. versus a top 11 pick in the second round. Yeah. So would you rather have two additional top eight picks in the third round or that very end that the very end of the, the 2A group or maybe some of the 1C group in the second round. And when you think about the players that that might be, I kind of lean toward the extra round two pick because I think that they, they need to hit on some second round picks here and they, they need to have the access to take a swing, like a Jeremy Chin at that yeah. point, if you've added that pick. Just add that freak athlete who you can use as a chess piece, or you know, Yetter Gross Matos falls, or maybe uh, you want to take Lloyd Cushenberry. Mm-hmm. Those guys aren't going to likely be there for you at the top of the third round. And how different are those guys than the guys that are available in the third round, Joe? 
Well, I th- the hard part for me is trying to think of it. Like, I like your idea of that's your chance to take a Jeremy Chin or a guy that maybe you see as a bonus player or a developmental pick, right? Someone that, like, high upside. I, I'm taking Kyle Duggar or whoever, yeah. you know, whoever you're like, oh, man, I'll take this guy. Or, um, or but, maybe this is where you get Malik Harrison because he's not going to be there in the third round. And I, that's where I was actually going to lead is, okay, say by this point, because we're not expecting a linebacker at 33. It could happen, sure. But at, at this point, if, you, if you're projecting it and saying – third round is probably where you're going to have to draft a linebacker again. You may want the extra pick there. Uh, but yeah, if you're at 40 something, that isn't too early for Malik Harrison. It's probably the earliest. I think he goes, I, uh, but I've seen him in the first round. Chris Trapasso, I think had him in the first round. I, maybe it wasn't Chris Trapasso, but somebody reputable of that ilk had him in the first round, 26 or 27 or maybe 32. Yeah. I can't remember. And maybe it happens, but I still think, we're going to be looking at him as a potential pick at 65. And I'm with you, though. And here's the thing is I keep falling back on, are they active in free agency? Because if they're not, then I kind of want two third-round picks because they need a lot of positions. But at the same time, they need high-end talent in a lot of places also. Yeah. And that's you get that with premium picks and picking them as high as possible traditionally. Yeah. So what, what did you land on? It depends that's on free agency. Give me the, yeah, it does depend on free agency, but if you don't have that choice and, and the Bears are offering you it, offering you that scenario now, which they don't even have a third-round pick, but the idea, um, they say it's Bears versus Bears second-round versus, like, the Patriots' third-round picks, which are much later, um, obviously, uh, then, you know, I'm still falling on the second-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Our next question comes from Odat at DZE on Twitter. Question for the mailbag. I'm puzzled by various draft commentaries. Some say the teams should draft for need. Others say to draft the best talent available regardless of team need. What does the data tell us is the best overall draft strategy? I don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if that there's data that says it, you know, because it's hard to say what a team needs and doesn't need, right? So how would you check yeah. that? But uh Traditionally, or at least the idea, I should say, of drafting the best player available means you're getting a better player than if you're going straight for need. Now, that may not be the best way to team build at times because you could end up bypassing one position way too often for too many years. The Bengals have done this and really never grabbed a linebacker that's worthy of anything, right? And you you sit there with a hole at linebacker for 10-plus years because you just haven't hit on the one or the value hasn't been there for you to do a premium pick. Um, so it, it works both ways. It, you can take the best player available and sit a corner for two years like they did with Denard and Kirkpatrick, and you're wasting the rookie value of that contract. Or you can sit there and say, well, we need a center. So here's Russell Bodine. We need a center. Here's um, um, Billy Price. You know, we need a linebacker. I got to force it, you know, and, and there's uh, Malik Jefferson, and, and they don't work out. So for me, I think – there's a marriage of best player available at a position where you can see him getting playing time early in his career. I think you have to be cognizant of the idea that development happens on the field and they have to have a plan to get this guy, especially if it's a premium pick. I have to have a plan to get that guy in the field as a rookie somehow, some way. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, I don't think there's data. I think the data that we have about the draft tells us about positional value of players. It tells us about what, you know, athleticism 
metrics are more correlated with success in the NFL. It tells us about certain productivity thresholds that are more correlated with success in the NFL. So we, we have ideas of, of these concepts from a data perspective. A cornerback, we believe now, based on PFF and the data work that they've done, is more valuable to a team than a linebacker. A quarterback is more valuable than any other position. So the big thing that I see as a disconnect from fans and positional value is, is fear of missing on a quarterback. And you got to kind of get over that and say, the quarterback is that important. You can't just keep trying to skate by with Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. You got to go get a quarterback. So as far as need versus best player available, I, I am with you 100%. I don't have much to add there. I think that there's a marriage. There's somewhere in between those two things that is best player available at a position where you can have a plan for it. And we saw this with Jesse Bates, right? Yep. Safety mm-hmm. not a need at the time. They picked a guy that was high on their board after trading back, and they got him on the field. They, they acted aggressively and with purpose to execute a plan. And, and I think that that is something that we would love to see from the Bengals again. Yep. I think they, that's a good example is Jesse Bates. They, I believe they even traded back because they're like, man, yeah. he's high on our board. But, you know, if he's still there, then we have to take him. And he was. So they, you know, they took him. Uh, next question is from Ambassador at Beast Mode 916. What is your honest prediction of the type of players the Bengals will acquire via free agency. I'm not sold on the hoopla about the Bengals being active and getting quality players. Am I wrong? So I don't know if we agree on this, Joe. I think that I'm a little bit more bullish on the Bengals playing in free agency than you are. And I, I, maybe they've got me right. Maybe they sold me and, and hooked me with propaganda, but when you hear the head coach and Duke Tobin, the de facto GM, talking about we have to go in free agency, the whole building is in alignment, we have guys that we already know we want to target in free agency, you have never heard this from Marvin Lewis's Bengals. Never. They still talk about they want to keep their own guys, they want to build the draft, but you never hear them say, we've got a list, essentially. right? You hear that from Brian, Brian Callahan, you hear it from Zach Taylor, we know we have to make the team better in all these different places, right? So that is your first line. And then you have Lapham and then Hobson. And when you have those two guys, Paul Dana Jr., everybody's telling us this is the year they're going to try to get into free agency. And it might not be the tier one guys. We talked about this yesterday. It might not be Byron Jones, but that doesn't mean that it won't be, you know, Chris Harris, probably not Chris Harris. I think he'll make too much, but Brian Poole, Logan Ryan. Who's the other guy that we forgot? That's my fear, is that they're going to go out and get Logan Ryan, Derek Wolf, and um, Nick Kwiatkowski, and like, hey, we spent money. And that, I'm going to step back and go, is that good? Did they yes. get anyone that's really an upgrade? I mean, well, you got you got players who have played at positions of need, but at the same time... So if it's not Derek Wolf, I feel a lot better about that list, list of players, by the way. I know. I mean, I, I do... I wouldn't mind getting Logan Ryan because uh, he's been good in a quality. But, I mean, I think play, someone messaged me on on, um, on Twitter today and said, oh, man, what, what do you think about getting Derek Wolf? He's a beast. And I'm like, he's kind of not anymore. I know he's from Cincinnati. That would be cool. I just don't want to rain on the free agency parade. But 
none of those players get me excited. I, they help build a, and round out a championship franchise or a championship roster that you think is close, right? And they're not close right now, but they can get closer by using those players in free agency. So I'm not against it. I just think, uh, you know, you're getting those players. Getting Nick Kwiatkowski doesn't stop you from drafting a linebacker. Getting Derek Wolf doesn't stop you from drafting a D-tackle. And getting uh, Logan Ryan doesn't stop you from drafting a corner because they're not future staples, right? They're they're stopgap pieces, which is okay because you need to get a few of those in free agency. Well, and isn't that kind of how you use it? It reduces a priority. And so so let's, let's put a hypothetical. This is something that I think is within the realm of possibility for the Bengals. And I really hope I'm not wrong because I, I think that Graham Glasgow is in play. That's the guy from our tier one. So you so go Gra- get Graham Glasgow. I shut up. Yeah. I so, think I'm with you. So this is what I think is in play, right? This is what I think is realistic. This off season is a, a Graham Glasgow, uh, a linebacker. It, maybe it won't be Glasgow and Schobert. Maybe that's too rich for them. Maybe if it's Glasgow, they go to the next tier. But if it's Glasgow and Kwiatkowski, I'm pretty happy with that. And then and then I think that it, they they probably sign a defensive lineman too. And, and I really wonder at that point where it would be. Because if they are shooting for the Derek Watts, or sorry, I'm looking at our list, the Derek Wolfs of the world, that, then I'm, it's just Derek Wolf doesn't excite me. But if it's Quentin Jefferson... Right. There, there's some real upside there. I mean, we have them in the same tier with with Leonard Williams and Jaron Reed, and mm-hmm. we'd be we'd be thrilled with either those either of those names. Those are big names. I, I think they have an, they have a plan though, and we've heard about Derek Wolf, and I don't think that's their only plan. I think that that's just something that his agent put out into the world, and and so I think that it's within the realm of possibility. And if if it was say 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 that they come away with uh, Kwiatkowski. Glasgow and Quentin Jefferson. That's great. Yeah. Because I, that that's cool with me. And because you get a tier one, you get a tier two, and you get a guy that I've got tier three. You've got two on Kwiatkowski, so that'd be a one and two twos. But for me, that's nailing guys that are young enough yeah. at positions of need and rolling it down. And then say you kept it off with a um, uh, the Ronald Darby corner, right? Sure. You take a chance on a guy like that. And I'm like, cool. I, that's a free agency that like, that's how I would attack a free agency. And I would get players that are 27 at positions of need so I can free up the draft. That's what I want out of them. Yeah. Their history gives me reservation. Of course it does. Right. So, but, and, and you have to attack it at the positions where this draft isn't strong. So even if mm-hmm. it is like a Damon Harrison, a Marcel Darius, a Gerald McCoy, they've gone after these big name defensive tackles before. Sure. For for short contracts at the end of their careers, there's still some juice there. That means you can kick defensive tackle down the road for a year where it might be a little stronger and line up better with where you're picking. Sort this thing by D tackle. It is such a great defensive tackle class, and when you look at it, and, and I mean, you give me um, what what's his name, here, yeah. Danny Shelton. Yeah. And and I'm happy because he's I think he's a good nose tackle. But yeah, guys, blow. I think Malik Collins is a good player from Dallas. Um, I'd be interested in Mike Daniels still, Jerron Reed, DJ Reader, Javon Hargrave, obviously. They go if you think they're in on Glasgow, I'd love for them to be in Javon Hargrave and people I've talked about him enough. But point is you come away with yeah. a deep a defensive tackle like that instead of Derek Wolf, and I feel so much better. I just I'm not high on, on Wolf, and it sounds like that's the only guy we've gotten r- real confirmation on, or at least reports on. But I, so but that's why. That's that's the entire feeling I'm getting on free agency is based on the only report we have. Which is a report before tampering has started. 
and you're not hearing about other players that have visits. This is a leak from an agent. That that's just, we we have no idea. I'm and I'm explaining why I, I'm not putting too much stock in that. That's all. I, I think he, I shouldn't either. I'm just right. I'm talking through it. I, I now, know. if it, if it, the report was Graham Glasgow, I'd be like, oh, they're actually spending. Yeah. Let's but, but, go. But you're not hearing Graham Glasgow and anybody. We've heard about who? We heard about Jack Conklin and the Jets, and then it, and, uh, 30 minutes later, we heard Jack Conklin's not going to the Jets. Oh, you, yeah, it all died off pretty quickly. Yeah, like you're, you're not hearing about these guys. They got the memo. So we'll see what happens when tampering opens. Maybe on Sunday maybe or Monday or whenever it is. Maybe not. Uh, we have a lot more questions to get to, and uh, we're going long, as we do. Because we actually disagreed for once there, I think, and, and had a little... Back and forth. We usually disagree, which I think some of you uh, would like to see. We usually just agree. You almost sound like you said disagree, just agree. We usually just agree. Right. Yeah. We'll get back to your questions here in just a minute. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back to the mailbag, and these next two questions we're going to combine into one because they're topical and because we may be all out of pro days anyways, even though we'll probably still get numbers trickling in. But Kane21014 asks, how much validity do you put in pro day times? Wisconsin guys, an example, went from a 4.7 to something to a low 4.5s. And Peter Dadswell at Dadders asked a similar thing with T Higgins of, of Clemson running today. And it was a hand time of a four, four, three. And does that dispel the fears of his long speed? And what do we think about him at 33 when really the official time came out for um, T Higgins was like a four, five, two or three in that range. And even from those, you can typically add a 0.05 on those, which means he's a high four five guy. His testing wasn't good at all, but Jake, what do you think overall of pro day times, especially now that we're not going to be able to really see them, um, and T. Higgins especially? Yeah, I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and the Wisconsin guy is, is Cephas, uh, mm. the, the wide receiver. But T. Higgins, I, I put no stock in hand times. That's what I learned today. His official time was four five four, And once you knock that up a little bit, that's pretty much uh, – you're getting close to Auden Tate territory. Actually, this this generally there's some Auden Tate to his pro day. He had he had bad jumps. His broad jump isn't on here. He had a ten foot broad. He had a thirty one inch vert, ten foot six inch broad actually. And he had a uh, he ran a four five three shuttle, which is awful. T Higgins tests out his res is thirty third thirty fourth percentile. And I was I was looking for. Uh, I was looking for him to be at least like a 55th, 60th percentile athlete to feel good about him at 33. Because on tape, it looks like he's got all this stuff. The same way on Tate, he jumped really poorly at his combine too. 
31 inches for Auden Tate, broad jump of 112. What do we have here for? We have a short shuttle of 453 for take T. Higgins. We don't have that for Auden Tate, but sure, yeah, he it was be similar. Yeah, he was pouring everything, but he ran a 468 at his pro day or at the combine? Combine, yeah. So if you bump this up, that's like a 46 to a 468. You're in the ballpark. Uh, so I, I wanted to put more validity in pro day times this year. Uh, we know they're juiced a little bit. So like Joe said, you, you add a little bit of time, especially to the 40. But I wanted to believe more in them because the combine was so weird this year. And it was late. And uh, it looks like we won't have the chance to really do that so much. But if the Bengals go wide receiver at 33, I, I, don't, I think I'm off Higgins after this testing. Yeah, I'm still on. I want Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager for me, yeah. where I'm at. Um, and, and they might both be gone. Like, we might see they, eight wide receivers get picked in the first round. If if that happens, then that pushes a linebacker. That pushes a corner that I like. Corner. You know, so, yeah. I think, it, it could I happen think at that, linebacker with Bond. Well, the Giants yeah. spent a lot of time with Bond. I think that's top of round two, they're thinking, which if, is just a couple picks after the Bengals. If you're counting Bond as a linebacker, yeah. I'm thinking Queen and Murray are, are for sure gone. I did too. And so you, you, you might get your choice of a safety or, or a linebacker. Maybe, no, I think five tackles are gone too. I think there's five tackles, four quarterbacks, and like seven or eight receivers. Right. So corner, safety, maybe Bond, and and that's kind of how we ended up. We talked about this yeah. on yesterday's with the um, locked on mock, mock draft. Or, or you get to the next tier of wide receivers and you start talking about Brandon Ayuk or, you know, and he might Lewis be gone too, so Chanel. I don't know. Yeah, Chanel, right. if you can, if you have a plan for him. Yeah, next, it's not great. You're up next. Next question comes from Dad at Badron Lames hmm. on Twitter. If you had to be quarantined with one Bengal, past or present, Joe, who would it be, and why? So I'm quarantined with them. Oh man, this is a weird question. Uh, I want the guy who's least contagious, so he's got to be the healthiest gym nut possible. Is, does that make you healthy? Does that even make you less contagious? I don't know. Um, I guess you go with an interesting person as you fade off into um, sickness. And I would say Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson. That'd be fun. You guys could play so much FIFA, man. He would talk so much shit. Yeah, that would stay interesting. I, I would go way more vanilla. And I'm trying, I want a quarterback. I want to watch film with Carson Palmer. And I know all you guys mm. hate Carson Palmer, but I just want to sit here and watch, watch Joe Burrow with Carson Palmer, watch, you know, whoever just put quarterbacks on for two weeks. That'd be fun. Yeah. That's not a bad uh, suggestion. Even Andy Dalton would be fun to do that with. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. When, when Dalton was a Bengal, man, I would have said, man, I would have loved, I would have, I would have given, I guess he's still a Bengal, technically. Uh, <laughs> I would love to sit down and just watch Andy Dalton film with Andy Dalton and say, yeah. all right, what are, and let me see if I'm seeing this right. Tell me what's going through your head and, and educate me. Because if I'm in that situation, I'm going in very humble. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Next question from Z at Enzahanes. We had a problem with this last time. I, and he told us how to pronounce it, didn't he? Anyways. With a that lot of visits, bad. What me saying the name? What, what, what Z- do you think it is? Zanis or or Zanice? All right, that doesn't sound much better. Zahanies? Z- <laughs> no, Zanies. I should have said, but I saw the H in there. I think it's just Zanies. 
you don't pronounce anyways with a lot of visits and in-person prospect evaluation canceled how much of an advantage does coaching the senior bowl give the Bengals? and this is a question you alluded to earlier yeah. jake um do you see them favoring those guys more heavily than before i will just say that they usually teams usually do favor yeah. those players anyway yeah i don't think we'll know if they favor them more than they did before but i think they will certainly favor them and we just wanted to give you a shout out we talked about this i think Quite a bit yeah. earlier in the show, but we did want to make sure we acknowledge you for asking the question. Mm-hmm. Next question. Osmosis Jones word to pill. I don't know what that means. Freddie X. Freddie H X L L. Freddie hell. I don't know. What do you think is the best solution to the running back position in the way they're paid in the NFL? Would you shorten rookie contracts for running backs? The more devalued the position becomes, the more talented players will be playing will be against playing that position. I think this is a really good question. We've, we've alluded to this quite a bit, yeah. and I have a lot of cognitive dissonance when I think about paying running backs myself. I don't know what that means, but here's my plan. I would adjust the rookie wage scale for running backs, and you. there are different rules for quarterbacks. There are different rules for guys in the first round. There's different rules for guys that get picked in the top 10. I can make a rule for running backs, and it's that maybe they get a 20% increase for everywhere they're, they're drafted. And also there's a... The, the rookie performance um, and, and when they, you know, a guy plays well or plays better than expected, they have a pool of money and they typically give it to those guys. That's how, you know, Joe Mixon has gotten paid for that. Uh, but Jeremy Hill did too. I, running backs typically do because they produce well, but I would increase that chunk to running backs. So maybe they get an even bigger boost. You end up rushing for 1300 yards in year two as a second round pick instead of making 900 K that'll bump you up to like 2.9 uh, million dollars on the on the cap and it won't go against the cap because it'd be afterwards after the season but you'd get paid for it you'd you'd get compensated because i don't think the value of running back is equal to what they're they provide uh, in terms of where they're getting paid and what their actual importance is on the offense but i recognize they're out there getting their bodies beat up more than anybody and they should be rewarded for it uh and teams will grind them into the dirt and then let them walk in four or five years. And that's not right either. So I would like to find a way to pay them for those first five years. And maybe they figure out the second half on their own in terms of where they think their value is. I think it's a huge problem in the NFL. I think pretty soon, like, like he points out, like Osmosis Jones points out here, we're going to, we're going to see the only guys left at running back are, are the guys that are five, six and can't play any other position. Because if you're if you're gonna if I mean maybe it's gonna be a height thing because the the short you're gonna end up with just short running backs short not small because I, I think that when you start to see how much more money you can make at other positions if you're if you're five eleven and you can run you're gonna try to play corner you're gonna try to play safety you're gonna try to play linebacker we're already seeing it yeah. I mean look at Devin Singletary and then Clyde Edwards Alaire the last two years guys mm-hmm. that are five nine if not below they don't draft corners below five nine typically and they run a a four six right you can't play corner you can't play safety you can't play receiver but the agility the explosion the body build the 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 thickness in your thighs the balance you are cut out to play running back and you really don't have a choice about it but but outside of that guys like derrick henry uh, derrick henry if he was coming up today he'd be playing probably defensive end for Derrick Henry, but a lot of guys that size are going to be playing linebacker. And then if linebacker gets the same treatment as running back, which it won't, but linebacker really is a running back of defense if there is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you're going to see those guys trying to either get their way into an edge rush position or make their way to a safety. Yeah. It's just, you got to find a way to pay guys that are getting a beating, even if they're not the most valuable position or find a way to use them better. And, and like Christian McCaffrey, who might be worth, might not be worth, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, it's hard. How about do... a minimum, a floor for the running back position? A salary cap floor for that position. I, I would like there to be, yeah, I would like them to be somehow on a different set of rules with with yep. a different set of money. Because you see the David Johnson contract or the Todd Gurley contract, and then those teams are hamstrung by it. But like maybe you exclude him from the cap. You put him, you put him outside the cap. Right. Uh, and they've, they've offered to do that with quarterbacks. That was an idea somebody had. I don't think they've offered to do it. I think teams have brought that up. Uh, in, at the meetings and it's gotten shot down, but because it's so extreme to the other end, they're like the opposite, right? Of, I think of, Russell of Okung had that idea or something. It was, yeah, it was, I, it was I, a I player, re- I think. Okay. And so you could do that on the opposite effect for running yeah. backs. We're like, hey, you know, you guys pay them whatever you need to, whatever you think is fair, but it's only this percent will count, 80% will count towards the cap, 70, you know, whatever you got to do to make it offset. Yeah. I don't know. It's just hard, right? Because as people, they're they're the guys that aren't walking, you know. Right. And and they're the ones that are getting their careers ended early, and uh, you just want to see them paid. And and Logie actually has some good points about this. They're putting butts in seats because a lot of times they're star players. Uh, you want to see it to be fair to the player, but I also don't want to see my favorite team get hamstrung with a contract. So that's why I have the cognitive dissonance, right? It's like yeah. on the one hand, this, on the other hand, that, and they're kind of diametrically opposed. Yeah, that's the part, right? When we both say this and people well, people start explaining to me how good Joe Mixon is. Like I didn't have him as a top 15 player of that draft. Like I didn't think he was fantastic. Like I didn't, I immediately as he was drafted, I said this is the most talented running back they've ever had. And I'm fully aware of the, the history they've had. Um, I think Joe Mixon is fantastic. I think they haven't even unlocked it yet. I think they're not even close. And uh, until he starts playing in the passing game, they won't. And for me, I think even with all that, as soon as you sign him, the chances of that backfiring and hamstringing you somewhere are very high. Huge. Absolutely huge. It's going to happen. (laughs) All right. We have, we have two more questions here. The first, the, 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 well, three more technically, but the next two we group together. First one, Bengal fan forever at love for future A1. Will you guys finally meet and both come to a home game and do a show in the city, maybe at Skyline or Goldstar, so Joe Goodberry can learn to love it? And Bengalorian asks, what game will you be at and will you sign my armor? Mm, I'll sign anything. I think that's cool. But uh, I, always, I have been at my signature like twice in my life, and I thought that was incredibly uncomfortable and weird, but... If you've got Mandalorian armor for me to sign or or whatever you've got there, I, I think you need to send us a picture because I definitely want to see that. Um, oh, I see you're 3D printing it. Yes, sir. You're yeah. right up my alley over here. Um, we're on your pictures now. I'm looking at your, your profile. Everything is looking good, sir. But, yeah, I'll sign that somewhere indiscreet where it won't take away from your hard work. Um, and as far as games, I'd like to go when it's still warm and exciting. Let's mm-hmm. – the opening game, the the second week, whatever, wherever you know, whenever their home opener is. Yeah, it won't be week one. Although maybe with Joe Burrow, maybe they'll give them a home. I don't know. Probably not. They should home Monday night open it up. Oh, prime. Well, yeah. 
I don't have to fear prime time anymore. My reason to fear prime time will be gone. <laughs> and you don't, right? <laughs> oh, last question, Joe. Let's go. Where is it? Evan, Evan McPhillips. Wow, Evan McPhillips coming through with the question. I gave him a hard time because first oh, he see. told me what he told us what to do. I said, "Don't tell us what to do." <laughs> well, he asks, "What is ranking?" the offensive positions according to how valuable you believe them to be and doing the same for defense. You just put it like a Jeopardy question. You can't, you know. What is? Yeah. Right, that's um, why I see that now. Offensive positions according to how valuable I believe them to be. Quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver. Okay. Mm, quarterback. Should you define receiver, though? I mean, because it can't just be any receiver. It's got to be – I think it's only more uh, – it's only second valuable if it's a number one receiver, a, a true number one. Yeah, I changed my mind. Quarterback, can I group the offensive line together to be number two? See, no, because that's the hard part for me because it takes at least three good old linemen to function. And because if you've got a bad guy in between one of them, you are fucking up a lot of plays. We saw it with Russell Bodine. That's why it's hard for me to – and I think that's why wins above replacement. When you look at O-line, it's less than a stud receiver. I'm going to group the offensive line together and cheat because I think it's quarterback offensive line is a unit. Cause I think that the cohesion plays a big part in that. So quarterback offensive line, wide receiver, tight end running back on offense. Well, if you can group them together, then I agree with yeah. you. If you cannot, then I will say a number one receiver is next. Yeah. Your slot receiver may even be next from that. And then it's your center left tackle center. Um, yeah. I, See, I think when the run game, especially for zone blocking and especially outside zone, your center controls so much with that nose tackle. You can't run without a center. And is the and I didn't feel this way like four years ago. But then it was from Bodine and then to Price, and I'm like, they can't fucking run because the center is killing all their chances to get outside. Uh, and then tackle, obviously, for pass protection. I, I think you're going against the, the craziest blend of athlete and power possible with these edge guys. Um, either side, left or right tackle. I, I want to stud at both if I if I can. But, yeah, I, I have center, actually, above uh, left tackle because I think if you have one, it opens you up to go left and right, where a left tackle means left only, obviously. Um, so I put it there, and then I, I'm with you. I think tight end because if you have the ability to have a mismatch guy and you have a real good one, they can't cover them. We think it's a Bengals issue that, that you can't cover tight ends. Look around the league. They cannot cover tight ends in – they're catching up because these safeties are starting to be a little bit of uh, freaks, but uh, it's still a huge advantage opportunity for a lot of offenses. And then, you know, I've got my guards and then probably running back. Man, I I cannot agree with you about center. I can't. It's, okay. it's the pass protection for a center is too easy. And, it's, and right. it's too it's important. Low. It is like pass protection. But... Passing is more important than running. And center's pass protection is the easiest pass protection of any player on the football team. In terms of one-on-one battles, but in terms of calls and checks, he's doing that. Yeah. So You start giving him crazy blitzes and you got a shit center, guess what's happening? Well, that, I mean, the quarterbacks are doing that too. And it they might are. not be the center. For some teams, it's not the center. For the Bengals, it traditionally has been. But, and it's it's been a it's a mixture because Dalton's going to call stuff out, the line's yeah. going to talk at the same time, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Burrow. I've talked to Lloyd Cushenberry about it with Burrow when I when I asked him after Senior Bowl practice, and he says he's talking with his O lineman, and Joe has the opportunity to override them if he sees something else. Yeah. So it starts at the center with the quarterback having the the you know Usually, chance to yeah for sure. Kill it. 
I just, uh, they get help. They're important in the running game. I think that's true. I just, how important is the running game? Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. So corner, safety, edge rusher, interior defensive lineman, linebacker. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on corner, especially if, again, I feel the same way as receiver, if it's a number one guy, uh, because there's so much from there, I build my defense and I, I figure out if he's shadowing, if he's playing one side or the other, uh, and I go from there. And then I, I would also put my nickel corner as next before I put a safety, but it can almost be the same position at, at times. Um, well, but I would have, if I've got a star safety, then it probably surpasses nickel corner, but I'm thinking now I'm going, you know, just to a good starter and it would go nickel corner for me and then safety. Yeah. And I say nickel cause he's playing the slot. He could be your starter yeah. in, in your other defense, but that your slot corner and then a, a probably strong safety for me because I can do more with him. And I wouldn't have said this five to 10 years ago, but it's kind of changed from field safety, um, you know, to like boundary safety. And I think the guy with more responsibilities down in the box and flexibility gives you the opportunity to create more with him. Um, and then edge rusher, other free safety, interior defensive lineman, unless you got a Geno Atkins, it's been super valuable. And this is the case with everything. I keep saying this, but and then linebacker. But it, someone, as I was talking about linebackers on Twitter the other day, someone said, see what, Ray Lewis wouldn't help add wins? Of course he would. Of course he would. Yeah. But you, you don't have the opportunity to just add Ray Lewis. I'm not saying forget linebacker completely. I'd still draft linebackers. If, But if you, you don't have a guy, then it's not the worst thing in the world, just as long as you're not sinking at that position. But you can overcome. If you had to choose between Ray Lewis and, say, Daryl Rivas... You're taking Revis. Easy. You should. And if you're picking between Aaron Donald and Daryl Revis, you're still taking I'm, Revis. I'm taking Revis, but I'm taking Donald over Ray Lewis. Absolutely. Right. No, and no it's, that's not close. Uh, okay, so let's make it hard. How about how about like Tyran Matthew? Mm-hmm. Or or no, let's make it harder. Troy Polamalu or Aaron Donald? See, that is hard. Both guys have been defensive player of the year. Polamalu. Uh, yeah, it's Polamalu. I, it's, but it's an edge. To Palomalo. I don't think it's clear because Donald is so damn good. So is Palomalo. Uh, but, oh, I know this. Yeah. I know this. I, I mean, I, I think that they're both the same level of good, but Palomalo is, is more of a chess piece. I mean, it's the same way that, like, if Derwin James was healthy and, and, and didn't miss last year, I think you're starting to talk about him the same way that you talked about Palomalo. And, and then it's like, all right, Derwin James, or, but he's not there yet. They used to say how they would create the defense, LeBeau would with Palomalo. And, oh, yeah. and they, he'd say, well, I've got to almost scheme for 10 players and say, Paul, Troy, you do your thing. You know, go <laughs> whatever you feel is right. If you got a blitz, go blitz. you got to drop into coverage, go yeah. run deep. You know what to do. You know where everyone else is. Yeah. Go go make a play. And he, LeBeau would be like, all right, i got 10 guys out there, and Troy doing what he does. Yep. And like Ed Reed then, right? Because Ed Reed was – Ed Reed and Earl Thomas take away yep. middle deep. Yep. I mean, that is infinitely more valuable than a linebacker, than an interior defensive lineman, even Aaron Donald. Yeah. It's just like you, you, you see the defensive lineman more, right? Because that's where the camera is. But in terms of the impact on the game, I, I take Tyron Matthew over a lot of guys, the way he played this year. And Matthew, to me, is that slot 
He's he's every safety, right? That he can even free, but he is your your star as we college players play star position, right? That's yeah. what it's called. Um, that's yeah. what you kind of. It's morphed now into the NFL. It's like looking at it like I, I, you know, we need those guys. Give me the give me the hybrids. Give me the like the safety hybrids. I'm I'm about it. Like it, it it's I want. That's why that's why I keep talking about you know Chen and you keep bringing up Duggar every time I bring up Chen and I should start talking about Duggar too because they're very similar athletes. But I want one of those guys and I feel similarly about Delpit. He's more of a safety than than those guys are. I think like in terms of McKinney. his flexibility. Yeah. Any of. I, I, I kind of want. That's why we keep talking about those guys, even though the Bengals have Sean Williams and Jesse Bates. Right, right. You're you're dead on with that. That's why because we think it's an important position, and if you get one that's good or flexible, it's worth so much more. And that's like, and that's also the part of me saying, well, if you got a really good one here, then and that that's the thing through the draft. Yeah, I may not want a linebacker, but a really good one there is 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 that 33. Guess what I'm gonna do. I'm going to draft him because I think he's really good and he's going to add value to your team. Yeah, I mean, the most important ranking here is you want good players. Right, <laughs> number one. First and yeah. foremost, I'll take three stud linebackers and, the, you, oh, well, Joe, you don't have a good D tackle. Well, maybe I'll trade one for him, but I've got three, three really good linebackers. I'm not yeah. mad that I have that. Like in my mock shadow draft when I drafted Denzel Mims, uh, Tyler Johnson later, and who was the other guy that I ended up with? I think I think Rager. I can't remember. I ended up with three receivers. Anyway, we're we're going way long today. It's because uh, you might be stuck in your house, and that's right. We wanted to give you a little bit of extra, a little bit of extra locked on Bengals time today. Did you want to get one more word in there? No, I thought of the Seahawks with all those linebackers. Oh yeah, and um, you know they had a great secondary too, which helped. But they have one super free safety, one super corner one super linebacker and two other good linebackers, but they really didn't have a D tackle. That really scared you at all. No, their defensive line generally. But they had a, like a decent cliff. Averill was a decent edge rusher, but that was not their strength. It was just a rotation of deep, you know, players. Michael Bennett. They had sure. Oh yeah. He had fantastic production for yeah. High points. And and Cam Chancellor too. I mean, you can't Cam Chancellor had a couple years where he was the best strong safety in the game. You're right. Legion of boom. Good. Good. All right, Bengals fans. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night, Monday, getting to uh, some free agency stuff, some mock drafting, and we'll see if we have a new league year. Oh, uh, real quick, the Bengals signed a player to an extension today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tr- Troy Brown, is that right? The guy they signed off waivers from Green Bay, cornerback. So right. he was he was he was technically an exclusive rights free agent. I think this was a foregone conclusion, but they got the technicality done. So until the next time we come to you, Bengals fans, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.